It's recording. Yes, rolling. This is Reasons to be Mindful, a podcast about everyday people who practice some form of mindfulness to make life easier and more enjoyable. I'm your host, Jen Hill, founder of Right Brain Liaisons, and I'm interested in how people apply different techniques and practices to keep their mind fit, healthy, and better able to deal with the unavoidable challenges of being human. Today, I'm talking with Jaja Dare. Jaja is a Wiradjuri woman and manager of Indigitube, the online media platform by and for First Nations people. Jaja is also the founder of Decolonize, a movement exploring how to cease and dismantle systemic racism, free people's minds from colonial ideology and conditioning, and heal individually, collectively, and environmentally in order to evolve and move forward as a nation. Jaja, welcome to the podcast. Hi, great to be here. Now, Jaja, I'm going to jump in here and just ask you, would you consider yourself a meditator? Definitely spend time consciously connecting with myself, my body, my spirit, ancestors. I don't claim the word meditator, but yeah, definitely have a practice. Tell us a bit about your practice. I definitely think there's an awareness, a practice of being aware of what my body's doing and saying just in general day to day. Discomforts in my body are really big signals for myself to just question what's going on and, and come back in because often when that's happening I'm, I'm a bit out. Generally, I guess as a practice every morning, again, I think it's around awareness and I don't have a set thing I do but I'll usually do something that requires me to check in and sit sit with my I say my body it's connecting with everything that's going on but for me my body is the thing that helps ground me in that generally yeah for me the physicality is really a reflection of either an emotion or an energy that's that's moving around so um, I guess the body's a key or, or a message but even if I'm uncomfortable looking for ways to still stay connected in in with my body and generally yeah whether that's sometimes sitting and watching birds or you know I guess when you say meditate I think we often think of closing our eyes um, sometimes I close my eyes particularly if they're really sore and tired from the colonial structure of being on a on a laptop for for too long but I think there's really something in um, something grounding in just taking in what's actually around us which I think myself included when I get into what I feel is demanded of me to be successful in this society, it's really easy to miss just what's actually around me. In terms of that discomfort, when you're feeling physical, emotional, or maybe energetic discomfort, what would you do when you're feeling that? Generally breathe, because I'm generally not breathing deeply. So I usually, I usually allow breath into that place and um, ask what it needs. Um, so sometimes that can be laying down, sometimes that can be walking. Um, I used to always think I needed to be still, 
but I've found sometimes actually like movement is really good, but just consciously still staying in touch with that that discomfort. I'm pointing to my belly right now because I have some today, um, and that's often one of my first places that I know something something's going on and I need to sort of come back in. Is there anything else that you do to stay grounded? I guess it's just back to country, whether it's ancestors, you know, bringing messages or just being in touch with my own spirit. I feel like trees in particular are really got quite a um, deep energetic resonance that, you know, even just leaning my back up against a big tree and breathing and feeling as I breathe in, I'm breathing in her oxygen and as I breathe out she's breathing in my carbon dioxide and that we are symbiotic we're we're doing this together and just being just the remembering that nature is what is actually feeding us because I think we so caught up in thinking that we can buy everything that yeah we forget that and I think that that for me is quite grounding actually getting the food from the ground when that happens, that's a really different experience. At the moment, I don't have a garden because I'm, I'm transient. But if I, you know, come across little, few bush foods that I know, or I've got friends with big gardens, and I go and visit, and they'll give me a big, big bunch of greens. I actually find that really grounding. Even like washing them and sorting them. So I guess I'm still coming back to country in some way, back to that, that nature. I'm keen to chat with you about deep listening. Can you tell us a little bit about deep listening and how that is for you and how you can get yourself into a space where you can listen deeply? I think it's definitely a like consistent practice in this structure. Because listening, I guess, is not, not so much with our ears. Is that often I think whenever there's a conversation going on, for example, there's there's usually two. There's one that's going on at the sort of mouth ears level, and then there's one that's going on underneath, like which is usually the unspoken conversation. So I'm trying to think of a tangible way to go deep. Listening for me is tuning in to that conversation, that unspoken conversation, and so a lot of our learning is not done we say it's passed down and it is through story and things like that but a lot of the learning is done through that it's more of a feeling but it sort of requires an awareness that I, I think has been termed deep listening and I think it's just a constant practice because we live in a world that is so bombarded and filled with you know just distraction entertainment I know for myself, as much as I have that quite deeply in me, I have to consciously remove myself from the technology and everything and, and the, the idea of being busy. It's all, it's all very addictive, um, like sugar, like anything. So I guess it comes back to awareness and any time again, that discomfort I talked about in the beginning, sometimes that's often that's, that's another signal for me that I'm not deep listening. I'm, I'm caught up more in the head zone. And so that's sometimes a good indicator, particularly if I'm interacting with someone or I'm in a certain situation and that goes on and I breathe right into that deep place in my belly and just do very gentle breaths and, and then can tune in more easily to, to what's going on.
I feel that in white culture, there's not a lot of deep listening. Given that you're up to so much in the world, I mean, is this something that is difficult to deal with, to, to be dealing with people who aren't really listening? It's bringing up for me, which you mentioned in the beginning, the movement, the decolonised movement, um, I think it's challenging because I find for myself when I have to come back into that place, if I've got too caught up, it's, it's uncomfortable. And I think we're living in a society where people really don't want to be uncomfortable. Like just every, it, we, and myself, I get caught in it sometimes. Oh, I just want I, want, I want to be comfortable. I don't want to be, be uncomfortable. I used this example recently when I've been, I was living in a tent for two and a half months with no running water, electricity, etc., and no fire at the time because of fire bans, but it was actually getting cold and I couldn't get a permit where I was in the bush. And sometimes the weather would come in and I'd be like, oh, so, you know, I'd start wanting to complain and I would just ask myself, like, what's actually going on? And it's like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. But that's all it was. It wasn't that bad. But what I got on the upside was this amazing connection to the elements because I was pretty much living, cooking, being outside. Everything I did was outside. And so I was so much more attuned and therefore receiving and able to listen way more deeply. But even myself, I had to accept that at times I felt uncomfortable. But that's all it was. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. But I think what you're saying is, and I do find it challenging on a whole, the society we're in is, yeah, people in general aren't really prepared to seek freedom over comfort. And that freedom, I think, is this deep listening, is this different way of, of living, which is a lot less controlled. And I think being able to listen deeply is the thing that's really missing. You're listening to Reasons to be Mindful, a podcast for people interested in bringing more mindfulness, i.e. presence, into daily life. In Aboriginal culture, is this a skill, if we can call deep listening a skill or awareness, is it taught explicitly or is it just a way that people are? I'll only speak for myself at the moment, but yeah, I feel like it's more just a way, like I think it is. And, you know, some of that has probably come through the way my father was or quite subtle. But yeah, I, I don't I don't remember anyone really putting those terms down about deep listening, but I guess, yeah, just being in the bush with my father, the way he brought awareness to things as a kid, I think that's just in there. And as an adult, I've just continued that. I feel like I can't not do it. It's a, it's a really interesting thing, even though it's, it's still a choice sometimes to come back to it I feel like as soon as I get too far away from it my body and my my whole being ancestors whatever that it brings me back to it and that doesn't mean that I'm walking around in some you know meditative state all the time like that you know I'm I'm doing all sorts of things but it's like that doesn't that doesn't ever really go um it's just how much I'm checking in and and I'm not you know and sometimes I want to check out because this colonized system is really really hard place to live in so you know it is still a conscious choice to to be there but it's I've actually thought that a number of times I can't not be in touch with it because it's, it's just it's in me I think it's probably deep down in we've all got ancestral connection to something that was once indigenous so you know it's got to be in there somewhere 
And we're all a part of nature. Certainly being in nature opens doorways to awareness and presence and I know you're very connected to nature and that's a big part of your life. Maybe just being in nature is enough to keep you connected on that deep level and, you know, just a a kind of simple fact that a lot of people live in cities and concrete worlds and man-made structures and paradigms keeps them disconnected from nature and their true inner nature. Absolutely. I think, you know, something that I've often done is been in the bush for a week. Like, that's not a very long time, but it seems like a lot to take out of our lives in this construct. But one week, no phone, no computer, hunting, like still not living off that, just learning more, tracking, having to attune more, realising how much country fuels us. And in one week, what, what transforms in not just myself, but any other human, Indigenous or non-Indigenous that I've experienced that with, I think is quite phenomenal and totally affirms, I think, what you're saying. You don't, you know, just being in that way of living just changes everything. Now, uh, tell us about decolonize. Decolonize it is about black sovereignty, and we say it's it's Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander, non-Indigenous. It's we're all we all need to take part to start undoing. I think a lot of it. There's a very internal process. If people really want to decolonize and live in a healthy country, then there's the internal place, which is a lot of what you're talking about. It's the inner awareness, um, and I think that reflects externally. But yeah, the main thing is our our country is like really sick, and it's really hurting. And so there's no way in our understanding that we humans can be healthy when our country's so sick. And it's, you know, a lot of people who are probably listening to your podcast have some awareness of of the state of our our country, and I mean our lands, our water basins. So, yeah, decolonise, there's so, so many aspects to it, and it's not we know we can't go back to traditional ways. It is about moving forward. But it is about exactly what we've been talking about, about connecting back in, finding that deep relationship with the land that you're living on. You know, do you know what country you're living on? You know, what's the bush medicine or the bush foods around your country? It's getting hungry for like local, localising stuff. And then what you're talking about, I think, is this deep self-healing because that's where we shift the way we see as well. So, yeah. But, I mean, ultimately, I have to I say it is for our mob. The systemic racism and that is huge. And, I mean, we need hours to talk about how that actually implicates mob. But I keep saying it, it is for everyone and it is for, and it is for the land. And I, I often pose that to people, you know, like, she can kick us off at any point. It's, she's really asking right now, do we want to work with her to heal? Otherwise, I think there's going to be a time when... She will just need to regenerate without us. And you mentioned healing there. How do we do that? How do you you heal? I think it comes back to firstly starting with our inner. Often I know there's a lot of activism around government and it's relevant, but a wise man once said, if we are sovereign, if our people are sovereign, then our politics will be sovereign. Healing... There's a lot of different modalities and things out there. You know, for me, I find 
different people to work with. I guess, you know, we have nunkery and, and clever people and, and medicine people and so I learn different ways from that. But um, whatever works for anyone, I think it's about first getting real with, with ourselves and what's not okay and looking at our – looking for the right terminology there, our own stuff because ultimately when we shift that, everything shifts externally. So, yeah, but I, I think that's key, self-healing. In the current state, from a, a white point of view, there's just so much denial around. We, we just sweep things under the carpet, we ignore it, we pretend these issues don't exist and there's no way that we're ever going to be able to move forward and evolve from them without awareness, acknowledgement and healing. And that, again, that sort of deep, deep listening, that presence of just being with whatever is, and even when that's uncomfortable, we really do have to face these issues if we're ever going to be able to move forward. How about your mob and with this decolonized movement? Is there any formal healing process that, that is happening or that is, is on the cards? At the moment, um, we also have a, a podcast that we've got three episodes out. I think there's some sort of insight there on all three of them. And then we are working together on country. Basically, whatever happens there, there will be things that we feel like we will, will, will share from that, but it is really following this ancestral medicine and the first step we really feel like is these coming together, these gatherings, so we can connect deeper. Again, we're talking about this construct, so the purpose of decolonize this actual physical part we're doing came about because so many of us that are on the front line trying to deal with the Western society to make change for mob and for this country, like we are, we are often um, in burnout. So part of this is taking the time for us to connect back to country, connect with each other, have these yarns and talk about how we start infiltrating these systems. Again, that healing will be happening with us being together. That's just a natural thing. And I guess healing, like it's a lot about self-accountability and self-responsibility and doing healing. But the one thing I think that COVID has brought to light as well is it's about connecting with each other and sharing these stories the traumas the pains and in that though taking responsibility that this is part of our journey and it's what we need to shift you know it's sort of stepping out of the blame yet there's a lot of again I'm looking for another word not great things that have happened to to a lot of us but it's still our journey to transform it and that's what my ancestors told me at a really young age because I got asked why am I carrying so much heaviness in this life and why so much trauma and abuse it's not about excusing that but it's part of my journey and so this whole decolonize is us you know when we come together and we share that that's a healing that's partially how we heal is in community and so from there yeah we believe there'll be things whether it's more podcasts or documentaries or music and things that we can share out and also our ideas around how we're working inward and outwardly. You're also deeply involved with music, with the First Nations music scene. Do you find music meditative or healing? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, I think music, for a lot of us, will invigorate different emotions and feelings and that. So, yeah, I find particularly I, I do listen to a lot of First Nations music because uh, 
Often I feel like it's, it's expressing a lot of stuff too that I know like some of our music, our more contemporary music is also around expressing the frustrations and, and the oppression and, and finding outlets for that. And then there's other music too, like there's some really beautiful traditional music that just I think can help soothe, soothe our, our beings. That expression is really important too in that healing process, isn't it? Letting it out getting it out, being seen and being heard. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, actually Barker in episode three, young hip-hop female rapper who's just sort of like killing it at the moment. She's a real powerful young one and um, that was something she said. You know, she's actually, when you speak to her, she's got quite a soft voice um, and she said a lot of people expect her <laughs> to sound angry when they talk to her but that is just her outlet, that music and that's where she chooses to release it so that she doesn't have to play it out in all other areas of her life and get caught in the traumatic patterns which she has been when she was younger and she's moved out of that and that's something that really is quite healthy you know it's a it's a place for it and, it, and it's out and then she's got three young kids that she can not indirectly you know put that onto. You mentioned Volume 3. This is quite a cool project you've got going on. Can you tell us a little bit more about the First Sounds albums? So First Sounds is a an initiative under Indigitube um, in partnership with AMRAP, which is also the CBAA and First Nations Media Australia. They're our peak bodies for community and Aboriginal media. So we've partnered up and First Sounds, the aim is to get more new and emerging music to the airwaves. So there's quite a number of artists that have, yeah, definitely not signed to any labels or haven't got their music on Apple yet. Some do. But, yeah, we've just released Volume 3 and it's just getting really great traction from the radio stations and the community charts and just opportunities opening up for some young artists that have had this music, you know, in them and then it's just found that pathway. So, yeah, we're going to keep growing that project and, yeah, anyone can listen to the music on Indigitube under First Sounds. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing and for being so open and for all the work you do. Thank you, Jaja. Thanks, Jen. That's it for season one of Reasons to be Mindful. A huge thanks to all of our wonderful guests and to you, dear listeners, for listening. We'll be back next year to share more interesting and inspiring reasons to be mindful. Make sure you check out the links from today's show in the podcast summary. And get behind the decolonized movement. Australian Aboriginal culture is the oldest living culture on the planet and it is a gift to humanity. It's time for black sovereignty. It's time for deep listening, respect, compassion and greater understanding. We are all humans and we all share the same earth. Go well. Look after your mind and your mental health. Thanks for listening. And bye for now. Decolonize. Get hungry, people. Keep learning. Keep looking. Keep searching deeply inside. Decolonize.